So mm-hmm. I really opened my eyes to like really appreciate kind of that aspect of, of living in life, what I can be for others and what others have been for me that's meant so much. And to really realize that like, oh, I don't need to be smart for people to care about me. I don't need to be talented for people to care about me. I just need to be there for people. Welcome to You Better, a show about personal discovery and love. I'm your host, Keisha Garrison, and I'm on that journey of knowing and loving who I really am every day, just like you. I want you to come face to face with yourself and be proud of what you see. My friend, it's time to do better. It's time to you better. Now let's get to it. Hello and welcome to another episode of You Better. I'm your host, Keisha Garrison, and as usual, I am here bringing you another conversation with a fascinating human being who is so graciously willing to share with us some of their life lessons. I'm so excited about this week's guest. You know how there's just some people who have a light with them, a light that they carry. And this person, I could sense that. And then as I learned more about him, I really started to understand where that light was coming from. My guest this week is a former work colleague of mine named Casca Adote. Casca has quite the story. When he was 19, he was diagnosed with a rare brain disease called an arteriovenous malformation, also known as AVM. And this diagnosis was really a lot to process because this AVM is something that could kill him at any moment. Now, I know everyone lives with the reality that each day that we're here, we're one more day closer to not being here. But most people don't have a medical diagnosis that brings that so close to the top of your consciousness every day like this. I thought it would be really powerful to have a conversation with Casca to learn more about some of the stories that he shares in his book, Theory of Mind and learn about how he's living life, given that he's a person who is living with the clarity of how precious every day really is. So get comfortable and settle into this interview between me and Casca Adote. Thank you for joining me here on You Better, Casca. Of course, of course. Casca, who are you today? Who am I today? I would say that I am um, a successful, empathetic, growing individual here. That I am. Um, I think there's still a lot for me to to learn, a lot for me to to grow. But I feel that I am significantly in a better place mentally, physically, emotionally than I I think I ever have been, which is. Mm-hmm. All I can ask for, really. I love that answer. Successful, empathetic, growing. When you think back to to little Casca, like middle school, like 12, 13-year-old Casca, what do you think he would think of who you are today? So this is the thing, right? So (laughs) you (laughs) you know that I write, right? And I've been writing for quite some time. I was writing then in in middle school and, and high school and... I look back at some of the stuff that I was writing and like some, just the <laughs> mindset that I have. Whew, I have my old diaries too. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so that guy, like, I think the empathy, the sympathy, the relationships that I've I've catered, I've cultured in my life, I don't think that that would be as important to him, right? Mm. And I think that he would look at just kind of the success. What have you done? You know, what have you, you know, published? What have you, you know, created? What have you invented? All of that. And like focus heavily on that. And I think that I personally think I've, I've done quite a bit, but I, I don't know if that, that kid would be satisfied. Hey, he was like, mm-hmm. yo, you ain't, you ain't president at this point. Like what, you <laughs> don't have like five Nobel prizes or something. Like what, what are you doing? Like, well, why are we here oh right gosh. now? <laughs> Like, I had dreams for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you ain't sold like a million copies or something. Like, what What are you doing? <laughs> mm. Now, when do you think you actually got to a place of appreciating relationships and some of those those other parts of life? So this, um, yeah, we're going to we're going to get into it. So um, for. I'll just 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 say it for those unfamiliar with with my story, um, which probably will be a lot of folks. I am um, when I was in college, I I uh, was discovered that I have a cerebral AVM, basically a bunch of blood vessels tangled in my brain, um, that greatly increases my chance of of hemorrhaging. Right, a brain hemorrhages, which is not good. Right, um, and so in order to kind of cope with that. One of the things that happened was that I did a lot of therapy, like a lot, a lot, mm. a lot of therapy. Um, so I discovered uh, the AVM when I was 19. Um, and I, I went through to therapy in stages, right? So at first, at 19, I was in college. And that first stage was kind of, the world is on fire right now. Let us calm the fire, like right now, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um and so that was just uh, several months or maybe a year or so um, in college of, of therapy for that. And then when I was in graduate school, there was quite a bit more of extensive, extensive therapy. And part of that was, so when I found out about this, this AVM, right, things that kind of came up were I could die at any moment, right? And anyone can, but like, you don't really think about it, right? You don't think about yeah. hey, I'm driving my car and like, oh, someone could hit me or anything, but now it's front and center. This could happen at any moment. And so I kind of had to, to think about not just I could die, but also my personality could change. Because if there's a brain hemorrhage, like it could change our personality. It could change mm. how I speak. It could change my intellect, actually. Like I could just lose my ability to do like higher cognitive thinking or anything, right? And so it's how to think about, hey, what is kind of my worth, right? Like. Mm if I can't walk anymore and if I can't write or I can't do math, which is my profession, my chosen profession or anything like that, like would people still care about me? Would people still want to be around me? Would people still like me? Right. And at the time in my mind, the answer was no. Right. Because mm. all that I'd known is he was like, Hey man, you're so smart. Oh, you're so eloquent, such a smooth talker like this and that. Right. And if I lost those things, would people really care, right? And so it was a lot of like rewiring of my brain to really think about, well, if I don't have those things, you know, kind of what else do I bring to the table? And it's, 
that I cared, empathy, right? And thinking about the people that were most important to me while I was going through that um, experience were those that were kind of empathetic, sympathetic to what I was going through, right? And so I really opened my eyes to like really appreciate kind of that aspect of, of living in life, right? Of what I can be for others and what others have been for me that's meant so much. And to really realize that like, oh, I don't need to be smart for people to care about me. I don't need to be talented for people to care about me. I just need to be there for people, right? And in doing that, I found that, and my life has just been filled with so much love um, from, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a lot to, (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot to have to reckon with at 19. And you weren't, it wasn't like you were feeling bad and you went looking to find out what was wrong. I think I read in your book, you went to participate in like a study for someone, for a researcher. And you found this out, even though you weren't even looking for it. Yeah, I'm a young, healthy 19 year old living life. Like, yeah, no issues whatsoever. And exactly. That's exactly what happened. Wow. So when you think about the people who were there for you that that gave you this model of empathy, I love how you figured out what mattered to you based on how you were you received it from people. Who were those people? Talk about them. Man, there were a number of them, right? So like a couple just off top, right? Like my mom and my stepdad, right? And for it's kind of interesting the dynamic there because at the time, they weren't there for me the way I wanted them to be, mm. right? And it took a while for me to realize that, like, no, they were there in every single way that they could be with, like, as mm. much love as they could possibly give, right? And that, for me, kind of brings, um, I don't know, I have this uh, thing where I kind of look for perfection, like, I strive for perfection and, like, no, that's not a healthy thing to strive for, right? <laughs> like, and to kind of be okay with yo this is love right like even if it's not what I had wanted at the time even if it's not like that is love right um the my girlfriend at the time um she was big there for me um friends of mine at the time um I'm thinking people like like Victor and Richard um folks that I don't know if they're going to see this or anything um (laughs) my girlfriend at the time her name was Molly but even after that right like friends of mine in grad school, like I'm thinking Mary Lewis, I'm thinking George Langford, right? I'm thinking people that just, as they found out about it, Kristen Renovator, now Kristen Tillman, right? As they found out about it, there's just, just an overabundance of love. And even people more recently that have found out, right? Like when I met you, Keisha, right? Like we were both working at um, previous company at Microsoft, right? And at that's the time that I published the book and just the overabundance of support and just love, even from my current girlfriend now, Rachel, Rachel Callum, um, just the immediate, like, Hey, this is hard. I understand that this is hard. Like, what do you need? Right. And just being there in whatever way that I, I needed or thought that I needed at the time. Yeah. I, I love that you brought up Victor because the, the letters that you included in your in your book, the exchange between the two of you really touched my heart um, because it really was an example of how relationships can suffer 
during times where people are going through a lot of things and there's expectations on either side of what should be happening or there's missing pieces of the story. Like it seemed like Victor wasn't inside of your head, couldn't understand, you know, at all. I mean, not many people could relate to what you were going through. And on your side, it sounded like you were trying to grapple with how do I even make space for support? It just seemed like a, a just this miss of good intentions. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I felt it. I felt that because I thought about times where I might be going through something really heavy and even talking about it to someone who might care feels like it might add to what, like the weight that I'm carrying. And you kind of just want somebody to get it, but then you don't know how to tell them that. <laughs> That's kind of what I took from you and Victor's letters. There's any other way that you, you kind of, as the person who lived it, could explain that. I'd love to hear how it felt for you to, to kind of navigate that relationship in the midst there. Yeah, for sure. I know. I think that's, that's big. It's, it's super important, right? As you're going through something to communicate that with people, but then that communication gets hard. Right? Cause even as you're saying, like, it's hard to convey, you know, what you're like meaningfully, what you're going through and what you're thinking, especially if they haven't gone through the same thing. And I, I do think I still like for me that the communication and just trying to communicate and not assuming what the other person is thinking or what the other person is doing. Cause a lot of that was happening with me and Victor at the time where he was saying, Oh, you know, Casca, he's sitting there. He doesn't want to go out with me. He doesn't want to party. He doesn't want to hang out and this and that. And he's assuming that like, I have some a vendetta against him or something. Right. I'm sitting there like, man, he's not asking me how I'm doing. He's not really, Like I'm assuming that he doesn't care when, you know, none of that's the case. And so not having those assumptions, having that open communication, but then also something, I know just a technique because I try to be there for people that I've learned is asking people what they need, right? Mm. Like, hey, even if you don't understand what they're going through, even if you don't understand, even if you can't relate to what they're going through, like, hey, what do you need right now? It could be, hey, I need to sit here and vent to you for a bit. It could be, I just need a hug. It could be, you know what? My mind is going crazy with this nonsense 24-7. I need us to just go and get a beer and let's just laugh about BS, right? Like just yeah. to escape. Um, and just that interaction with Victor, I mean, it taught me so much that, that I carry with me. Yeah. I say to my kid all the time, so she's about to be 12, and she's in that preteen angst stage. She's in that middle school stage that I like to think about. And so she says all the time, mom, you just don't understand. You don't understand what I'm going through. And my response to her when she says that is, I don't have to understand to care. I still care. Because if we had to experience every single thing that everyone goes through so that we could have understanding, if that is the... If that is the predicator of like how you can care, then we're not going to be caring very much, are we? So I have very much adopted a, I don't have to understand exactly what you're going through to care that you're going through it. For sure. And something else for me, I, I think if there are so many experiences that we all have where like, I can't directly relate to everything that you've been through, or you can't directly relate to everything that I've been through, but they're also just some parallels, right? Like 
if someone feels lost and alone and scared, right? Like, I think those are feelings that we can all relate to, right? And so maybe I can't relate to, hey, yeah, you're going through this angst right now or something, but like, oh, I'm feeling defeated. I'm feeling deflated, right? Like, I, I can, I get that, right? And let me, I can empathize with you on that level, right? And we can, we can go from there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, I want to I want to learn a little bit about your your ability to bounce back from things because again, another thing that I was struck by in your book was the the story about or the the passage where you talked about the surgery that couldn't happen in 2013, and you had said the hope and happiness fled from you. And I was like, that's heavy. When you're already grappling with what you're grappling with, you get a little bit, bit of hope where you thought, okay, we might have a surgery here that can help me. And then the surgery couldn't happen. And obviously you are here in front of me, a friend with a smile on his face, like somehow between then and now, you made some sort of, of, of way to move past that disappointment of that not being able to happen. How did you find your way back after hope and happiness fled from you? So I think there's one uh, instance that I had with um, a therapist of mine where I would asked him, like, hey, is it I've, I want to get to a point where I never am sad about my AVM, like where it just never makes me sad. Right? And he was like, I. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation for you to have, no matter how much you heal, no matter how much time passes, right? Um, he was like, I, I think it's going to be reasonable that at some point it's going to make you sad, right? And I, I, I've kind of clung to that, not like, hey, I'm, I'm, I want to be sad about this or anything, but just that it's okay to be sad about it sometimes. It's okay to be down about bad things that have happened in the past, right? And to acknowledge that, right? Like, hey, I'm this is what's going on, right? I'm I'm down. This is why I'm down. Right. And then just acknowledging that and being open about that and like putting that out into the world, that helps with healing. Right. Because mm-hmm. when you sit there and you're just keeping it to yourself and you're you're stewing on it and or you're like oh man I shouldn't be feeling this way why am I down I had this Mm -hmm. and that and you know then it's you're not being fair to yourself right you're not being fair to your emotions and you and you need to you need to acknowledge you need to put it out into the world so then yeah you can start to move and that's what I I started to do right just started to acknowledge it be more open with people and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat this right like in those days like right after I couldn't get that surgery like yo man life was rough like this (sighs) I was uh I was quite depressed and I don't know if that does it justice um the the Mm. the depth of the despair that I felt at that time and, and the hopelessness but I think acknowledging that and doing any process that you can to heal, which for me was therapy, for me was writing, for me was exercise, for me was crying, for me was music, right? And trying to be better each day. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you had support and this this lineup of therapists 
who have <laughs> been in your life uh, to really help you process those feelings and and be able to to stand in your in your growing and empathetic state, your successful state today. When you when you think about your life now, and you you said successful, what are you what are you capturing when you say I feel successful? So, I mean, when you say success, I think people automatically go to like a, a monetary kind of view of that, right? Like, oh, yeah, this fancy job and you're making X amount or whatever, whatever X is for for you, right? And I, mm-hmm. I do partly mean that. Like, don't, don't get twisted. Like, <laughs> I partly mean that. Um, but also, I think success is, is so much more, right? Like, in, in my mind... I, when I describe this to some folks, I say, like, I want to optimize happiness in my life, right? That I know some people who they want to optimize money, right? So I'm optimized. I'm a mathematician. I, I talk to these terms, right? <laughs> he go get to these uh, X's and O's <laughs> and these Y's and Z. <laughs> they, they wanna... Carry the one on us, Costa. Carry the one. <laughs> you got to. You got to. Um, yeah, they want to, like, optimize money, right? And so they work a lot right and put in a ton of hours and maybe they're not seeing their family maybe they're not seeing their friends the artist that comes to town they want to see uh i gotta work right Mm -hmm. well for for me that's not success right like you could have all of the gold and all the money that you want right but for me success is you know doing enough work that i'm satisfied right I, i do like working. I, I, I do like that. I like what I do. Um, if I didn't, I, I try and change it. But also like, yo, man, like I want to have great relationships with the friends of mine in, in my life, like these life, like lifelong friends that I have. I want to see my family. I want to see the world. Right. And taking time out for all of those, even just the little things of like, hey, you know, this weekend, you know, I want to go to a show with my girlfriend or, you know, hey, I want to see this, this band, just whatever it might be. Right. For me, success is doing all of that and having balance so that, yeah, you optimize your happiness. And because it's because also for me, and I think part of this is it, I think part of my reasoning for this is, is part of this experience is that I'm acutely aware of how short life can be. And Mm -hmm. so for me, if I spend my time like trying to make as much money as possible or whatever, right, and then, oh, shoot, something happens with my AVM and I I still have this massive bucket list of stuff that I wanted to do. It's not worth it at that point. Um, And so I, yeah, I say success in that I, I'm scratching off my bucket, items on my bucket list as, as time's going on. Big and small items, and that is, yeah, that's important to me. Nice. Any anything big on the bucket list you could give us a peek into? So I, uh, I'm a nerd. Um, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I grew up playing video games and watching anime and it, being in obsessed with technology. And as many nerds do, I've I've wanted to go to Japan for some time as um. Not that the only reason to go to Japan is for is for those things, but um, that's been it's part of my motivation for wanting to go. I was going to go. We had tickets. We're going to go October 2020, and Ugh. we all know what happened there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm I'm trying to get a trip together for next year. We'll 
we'll, we'll see. All right, it's going down. Thanks for sharing your your Japan nerdy <laughs> dreams. <laughs> if I were to ask you to show me the receipts of how you love yourself, what would you pull out? Wow, that's a that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> There's seeds of how I love myself. So I would point to a couple of things. Um, so one is just giving myself the space to feel any emotions that I'm feeling. Like if I'm hype mm-hmm. as hell, if like, yo, this is dope. Like, yo, I'm a be hype, right? If I'm sad, yeah. I'm all be sad. If I'm, you know, it, uh, and he's like, whatever the emotion is, you know, just giving myself the space to, to feel that. I think is, is part of how I, I love myself. Another part is that I, within reason, try not to kind of hold myself back. And so what I mean is, you know, if, oh, there's this, I really want to have a drink tonight, you know, oh, I'd love to have like, I don't know, an old fashioned and watch the game, right? Like, okay, let's, let's do that, right? Like, you can think of a bunch of reasons why not, oh, maybe I should do this other thing i should clean i should Mm -hmm. do this errand i should do some work but no let me enjoy this thing that i really want to do as simple as that or you know oh the next gadget or whatever it might be right just kind of treating myself to the small and big pleasures um that i want i will accept those receipts nice nice (laughs) Okay, it's time for a quick break so I can let you know how to bring a You Better experience to your organization. Yes, y'all, that's a thing. Why, you ask? Well, there are a lot of leaders out there who deeply care about fostering a sense of belonging and healthy collaboration on their teams. That's a hard mark to hit when many of your people are burdened by their own internal struggles and self-doubt. It's challenging to make positive culture change with a limited budget and a collection of humans who actually haven't fully accepted themselves yet. In my You Better sessions, we unpack the harmful social conditioning that holds us back and help attendees begin the journey of defining themselves for themselves. Because when people are solid from within, they become more willing to continuously self-reflect and prioritize connection, compassion, and grace for the other people around them. So this individual work strengthens the foundation for the rest of your team culture programming. Head to KeishaGarrison.co slash discovery call to set up time with me to find out if a You Better workshop or keynote is right for your team. That's KeishaGarrison.co slash discovery call. Hope to speak to you soon. Now let's get back to the show. What does it look like for you? To you better going forward to be even more full strength, Casca. What does it mean to be more full strength, Casca? I mentioned at the beginning that I'm still growing. What would it take for me to think mm-hmm. that I've, I've quote grown? I think for me, I, I have had this ability to bounce back to be, um, not just personally but professionally as well. Um, and I think to continue doing what I. I think I do well, right? Like keeping that resourcefulness, keeping that kind of open mind and and so on and continuing with being there for people. I think 
for me to be, for me to me better would be for me to be more there for the people that I love. Um, and so I need to call my mom more. I need to call my dad more. Oh. Like I. <laughs> You're the first person to give this answer. I love it. <laughs> I, they're really, really good friends of mine that I, I just need to be there more for more. Um, I, I, I think that's it. I think that's what it is. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Casca, I, I feel so fortunate that life saw fit to throw us into the same team at work. I feel like you've just always been so thoughtful in how you interact with people and how you communicate. So just kind, considerate and bubbly. Just you love to laugh. And that has been so fun to experience people just laughing at work. Um, so I have appreciated your laughter. So I hope you continue on as full strength Casca, but also with the with the great belly laughs in all places. For sure, for sure. And Keisha, I'm I'm really glad we crossed paths. Like you've you're awesome. You're great. Like you like you're asking people how they can like <laughs> do them better. Like I I hope that you're finding ways to do you better as every day. Oof. Looks off into the thoughtful distance. <laughs> Avoids crying. <laughs> Thank you for saying that and for putting, you know, speaking that into, into my future. I absolutely think about it and too many other things every day, just trying to figure out, yeah, what is what does it mean for me to actually do full strength Keisha even better and and not let it um I would say not let it twist me into knots because the one thing about me is I have a very practical and dreamy mind and I can dream up some stuff, but I also know, so I I study the world and I study people so much that I see and process a lot of the darkness and then it gets, it kind of weighs on the dreams. And so I don't know if this is the the Capricorius nature of me. If people follow that stuff, I have both of them. I am very much like, oh, we're going to go, we're going to flow. But also, have you thought about this? <laughs> and sometimes it makes it hard to move forward, but I'm finding ways to make peace with the duality that's in me, the dreamer and the practical girl who are just like, they need to play well together so that I can like let my life fully blossom. That's something I've always loved about you actually is like the dreamer aspect mm -hmm. is very clear as, as we talk about like literally anything, right? <laughs> literally anything. <laughs> yes. But then that practical side, like especially when we were working together, like, yo, know, you could just get stuff done um, in a very impressive way. Um, I think that's, I think it's a gift, right? Cause I, you know, there are people, and they talk about this when you're forming a business, right? About like, oh, the ideas person, right? Like, the, yeah. <laughs> oh man, oh, we have a bookstore right now. We sell books, but let's sell all sorts of retail and let's make movies and TV shows and this and that, right? To get you Amazon, but then you need the practical side of how are we going to get this done? Like how are we? Yeah. And, I love that you you can embody both. Yeah, thank you. I, I find that 
I see the pieces that people think are boring about most things that need to get done. And sometimes I think that all the little things that can happen when you need to get something done can get ignored because they're not always interesting on the surface. But a lot of times I find that I the way that I approach projects or engaging with people, usually somebody appreciates like, I didn't even think about that. Like, I know, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so and, and the more also that I just truly let go and let my mind and myself do what what it can do, because no one else on earth has had my specific set of experiences and trust that just because someone else might have a different way of doing it, it doesn't make it more valid than mine to say they had this many years of experience or whatever. I approach most things I do with the thought that my unique perspective, everything that has come together inside of me is valuable and I need to go ahead and just let it fly. And I'm sure if what I have to offer in any given situation doesn't work, somebody will tell me, but chances are they haven't thought about it the way I would think about it. So I go pretty hard for the Keisha perspective. I like that a lot. Nobody's had your life. Nobody saw all the pieces of the world that you saw. You got a unique, only you experience. And then you get to bring that to whatever situation you're in. I think it's pretty pretty great about every human. You know, I think there was a time I didn't appreciate that about myself. Mm -hmm. um, no, actually, I know for a fact there was a time I didn't appreciate that about myself. Like, the uniqueness they bring with the good, the bad, everything that's happened. I think it it was a lot of conscious work on my part to really appreciate the value and the uniqueness that is me. Right. I'm glad you got out of that. <laughs> I think it's common though. I think a lot of people don't really process the you the value and the uniqueness that is them and that that lens that only each of us has. Like in this very moment that we're sitting here, there's all these people on earth having an experience that we're not having and they're not having this one. And so it's just like these moments you come together, you get something different. And then being able to hear each other and process all those different perspectives. I'm like, there's something to get out of. There's something to learn. There's another way to think about a problem that someone else has because we're all so this unique. Like part of why uh, this is like a trope at this point, but like diversity in teams and groups is so important. Right. But also why um, this also helps me when I think about like having imposter syndrome or something else, right. Where mm -hmm. like I'm in the spaces that I'm in for a reason, right. Like I've demonstrated that I am capable of doing whatever it is. Right. Um, but that also that unique perspective is important. And so uh, there's a classic like, oh, ask a question in class, right? Because someone else is going to have that question, right? Or yeah. ask the question in class because no one else might have thought of that question. But it turns out like a genius question that is, is useful, right? And I'm saying in class, but that's, you know, a work meeting, the boardroom, you know, the publishing deck, wherever it is. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think about that a lot as 
I enter a lot of rooms where I'm the only black woman and I, I'm in those spaces sometimes. And I think, well, if I'm having a thought about how what this room of people is talking about and how it might impact people who might have a perspective similar to mine, other black women, I feel like I can't not open my mouth. It's just like it comes up out of me and it runs out of my face. Even if my heart starts beating a little bit before it happens, I sit there and I need to write it down first and be like, am I about to say what I'm about to say? And be like, you know what? If not me, then who else? Because my, my unique perspective or my voice as a Black woman in this room where I'm the only one, like, unless this place gets stirred up in this way, it's just going to keep operating the way it always operates. And so since I'm here, looking around the room, like it's gonna be me. And that takes a toll over time. And not everybody is up for always being the one to bring the different perspective to the room. Um, but I'd be, I'm usually down for that. I am usually down to open my mouth and say, I don't think we've thought about this or how this is gonna impact these people. Or yeah, that like being able to bring different perspectives in. I think it is so important because it's just the world largely hasn't been designed to hear them. And so when you are a person who is accepting that your perspective has value and then you take that next step and you connect the dot, like you just did about like someone else in the room or someone not even in the room might need someone to say something. That's when I'm like, I can't keep it. <laughs> I gotta say something. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I started doing the um, inclusive hiring work when I was in, in Microsoft, right? Um, in addition to, you know, the, the data science work that I was doing. And that was, that was a big part of it, right? That, hey, there are these thoughts that I have about how to do this that somehow other people that are around, they're not having these same, like, I don't, to me, it's obvious. It's Obviously, yeah. we need to go and do this and this and that and talk to these people and be here and and no one else is doing it. No one else thought about it. No one else is talking about it. And so, yeah, I spoke up and said, hey, no one's going to do it. I can do it. Let's do it. Yeah. And even if someone perhaps had thought about it, they maybe didn't have the investment in it. For sure. In the investment in change happening that you might have, or I might have, or someone else. It's like, yeah, but that's a whole yeah. different can of worms. Like, <laughs> we can talk about that for a little bit. That's There it is. What, if any, resources could might you point to? This could be anything, books, shows, podcasts, whatever. Are there any resources that you would recommend for someone as things that were just fairly helpful to you on your like personal growth journey and your, your Casca journey. Yeah. So this is going to be a weird list. I'm going to give you um, a, a couple of, of things where there's this idea of kind of a flow, like reaching a flow state, right. And there, um, mm. where it's basically like where you're doing something that you really enjoy. Right. Like, um, and it, you've experienced this where you're doing something you really love and you turn around twice and five hours have passed and you're like, Oh, yeah. oh man, like you, you, like 
everything else in the world just melted away and you're just you're just there you're in it right um and there's um <clears throat> there are books that talk about this there are movies that talk about this um but just getting in touch with whatever that is for you and whatever brings you that flow state right um for me it's diving into like a bunch of like data and models and stuff like that like it, that's what it is for me yes. um but also um it's just another is the concept of mindfulness which also just shows up in a lot of places right um meditation teachings and 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 so mm-hmm. on the idea of just being in the present moment and the other techniques for it uh like breathing techniques and so on just kind of not be consumed with what's going on in the future and not be consumed with what's going on in the past, but being consumed with what's happening right now. Cause you can't change the past. You can't control the future. Right. But right now is, is beautiful. Right. Like everything, like there's, oh, there's one quote that I really love where he said, there's beauty all around us. And if you can't notice it, you're, you're not paying attention. Right. Um, mm. And I believe that's that's super true. And so um, books, movies, um, so anything around meditation, actually. Uh, I think there's a book, The Power of Now, I believe. Even the movie Soul, it's a Disney movie. Oh, yes. They, they talk about the like the flow state and stuff like that. Um, a- any of those are, I-, I think, are good. Just to, yeah, be a better you, I think. Beautiful. Thank you for joining me here on You Better, Casca. Yeah, no. I, thank you for inviting me to this, for having me. All right, it is time for a quick break. Y'all, let's talk about books. You know how at the end of every episode, I give you some resources, and often those resources are great books that I think would really pair well with the things that we're learning and doing here on You Better. So for that reason, the podcast is affiliated with bookshop.org. Bookshop is an online bookstore with a mission to financially support local independent bookstores. So whenever you head over to bookshop.org slash shop slash you better and purchase my recommendations, you are not only supporting your own self-love and self-discovery journey. You are also helping to keep local bookstores as an integral part of our culture and communities. And on top of that, you are also financially supporting the production of You Better. Again, that's bookshop.org slash shop slash you better. Head over there to get shopping. Okay, now let's get back to the show. See, y'all, Casca is such a delight, and I am so honored and happy that he was willing to sit down with me and talk about his life. As I think about that conversation, I'm reflecting on a question of what gives my life value? For Casca, he settled on empathy as a core operating value for his life. He de-emphasized the importance of being talented and being smart and having accomplishments and filled his life with love and healthy relationships. So that is just so beautiful. And that's something that I'm reflecting on. I also really appreciated the reminder for each of us to value our own unique perspective. No one else has had the collection of experiences you have had. You are one of one. So that part of our conversation really sat with me. And I also really appreciated the part of our conversation where we talked about 
you can empathize with someone without understanding every bit of what they're going through. You don't have to understand to care. So those are just a few of the thoughts. Of course, there's so much more, but I will link to Casca's book in the show notes so you can pick it up for yourself and really dive into more of his story. And I will put that there along with links to the books and movies that he mentioned as well. So there it is. Pick up Theory of Mind. And I hope that in this conversation today, you learned something that will help you to you better. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you found value in this episode, share it with a loved one. That's the main way we keep the show going and growing. And please leave a rating and a review for me. Let me know what's on your mind. All right. I'll see you next week.